Hey there. Welcome back to the Nari Tips, a podcast where we try to understand what it's like to be a woman in India and how this has an impact on women's mental health. I'm Preeti and with me I have Shweta, your hosts at the Nari Tips. Okay, so as most of you know, June is Pride month, so we have a set of very special episodes with two extremely interesting expert guests this time. Before we jump into today's episode, however, here's a very important reminder. This month we have also had a six-part special edition series targeted towards listening to and understanding the coming out stories of six people belonging to the LGBTQIA+ community. These episodes were released between the 20th and the 25th of June and we can't wait for you to listen to it. We hope it inspires you and provides you with a space to know more about yourself and those around you. Now, let's jump right back into today's episode. Today, we are going to be talking about a very interesting topic that's parenting queer children. As we delve deeper into the episode, you're going to realize just how nuanced this topic is, whether it's about the parent-child relationship, the child's mental health, the parent's mental health, or the multiple socio-cultural factors that can strongly influence all of these different phenomena. But before we get started talking, just a reminder to all of our listeners to stay tuned to the very end of this episode. Make sure you don't miss out on our very special lived experience segment in today's episode. Through the course of the narratives, I think we've come to realize just how intricate and nuanced the very concept or phenomenon of parenting is, right? As parents, there are multiple factors that could potentially influence the child or the parent's mental health or even the parent-child relationship. But what about this very niche or specific population that is the parents of children from the LGBTQIA+ community when children come out to their parents as um as anything as lesbian gay bisexual transgender the parents are faced with a daunting task not only do they have to educate themselves and unlearn several of their biases they also need to cope with and assimilate this understanding that their child is different from how they originally viewed them all this in the context of existing societal homophobia and transphobia and the relatively conservative indian society right so yeah i think the very um, experience of having to interact with your child and having to cope with this very uh, new change can be a transition for the parent as well right yeah definitely a transition and really not an easy one i mean i think we can only imagine how challenging this period could be for uh, parents and research studies have also highlighted that children from the lgbtqia plus community tend to thrive through adulthood when they have access to a supportive familial environment and parenting can also influence the child's mental health and i think this really highlights i mean furthermore why this is so important for instance high levels of control and imposing of one's own beliefs and ideas on the children leads to higher levels of internalizing and externalizing uh, mental health problems for the child who comes out as belonging to the lgbtqia plus community and on the other hand when a parent goes out and accepts their child this can help enhance the self esteem and self regulation of the child so there was this quote that i read recently about how uh, the parents can't really prevent the world from being a cruel and difficult place for their children who belong to the queer community but what they can do is give them a lot of warmth and acceptance 
so that it can buffer them against these uh, cruelties and uh, uh, difficulties that they face in the world outside. So when you take this, where on one hand, parental acceptance and support means so much and can have such a positive influence on a child who belongs to the LGBTQIA community. And on the other hand, you take the challenges and uh, mental health struggles that the parent themselves goes through. You really get a, a paradox, right? Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, I think whatever Preeti mentioned before as well, though it was based on uh, research that has not been done within the Indian context, I think it's pretty evident now that parental reactions and adjustment with respect to the child's sexual orientation can not only influence the parent-child relationship, but also the mental health of both the child and the parent. So I think this has only convinced us that the same needs to be talked about, especially within the framework of the Indian context. So yeah, to talk about exactly that, we have with us today, Dr. Meghna. Dr. Meghna is a clinical psychologist and internationally certified parenting coach. She holds a PhD in clinical psychology from Nimhans, Bengaluru, and a postdoc from the University of Queensland in Australia. In the last 15 plus years, Dr. Meghna has conducted over 500 workshops, delivered more than 200 hours of talks, lectures, and podcasts, and conducted more than 5,000 hours of psychotherapy sessions with more than 1,000 clients. Dr. Meghna educates parents on practices in positive parenting through her YouTube channel and Instagram handle, both of which go by the name The Therapist Mommy. She is also the host of a recently launched podcast, Big Talk About Tiny Humans, for parents and educators. She has also recently launched Raising Family Academy, an online community of parents that aims to transform parenting by helping 1 million parents raise children with emotional intelligence. First of all, thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Meghna. We're really looking forward to our discussion with you today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to it as well. Okay. So uh, to start off with uh, today's conversation, something that I'd first like to know about is what are some of the typical parental reactions to children coming out uh, to them as belonging to the LGBT plus community and how important are these reactions to the individual who is coming out? Well, uh, the initial parental reaction to their kids coming out is usually shock. Uh, whether the parent has had an inkling um, or not, it is this initial reaction of completely being shaken up um, that uh, is very common and uh, in fact it is this initial reaction from the parents that most frighten the child uh, and it is in this time when most hurtful things are said and done you know things like I can never love you again let's take you to our family Baba and stuff like that and this is usually followed by a period of denial you know where the parents usually deny the reality of the child's sexual or gender identity thinking, believing it's just a phase or it's just the friends that you're hanging out with that you that are making you believe that you are like this. There is also a whole lot of anger which takes the form of either blaming yourself or blaming your spouse. And of course, there are also a lot of fears and concerns for the child. You know, when the parent feels that, oh my God, the life that they had mapped out for their child will never be it's such a waste. So there are a series of reactions uh, series of it's quite complex because coming out is not a one-time event right it's a it's a process uh, so uh, even the parents reactions and responses are not just colored with one hue they are multicolored 
so that's what it is yeah okay all right i really liked how you mentioned that uh, you know a lot of us view coming out as is just one uh, particular thing that happens at a particular point of time and i think it's really important to um, really understand that it's something that's ongoing but something else that i'd like to uh, you know understand as well is does the reaction of the parents vary by the age of the child when they come out well actually uh, yes in a way because the younger the child is the more the parents feel that they can you know that the child is not sure that is just a phase that the you know the child is being influenced by someone so yes in a way it does uh, differ by age but i also must mention that usually it's not usually it's not the young younger relatively younger teens coming out because they themselves are in a process of discovering their own you know sexual or gender identity usually it's by the time you come out uh, you know you are well you know you either in your late teens or early adulthood and uh, the parental reaction is still the same as what we discussed you know there's a shock there's denial but there is much less uh you know that you don't know what you're talking about there is that also but it's more for i guess younger young when the child is much younger okay all right so um now that we did talk about you know parental reactions and the role that it plays when the child comes out something that i'd like to understand in more depth is what are some of the concerns that parents might have when their children come out right like for example there was a paper that was published by bernstein in back in 2008 and this basically implicated that there are a lot of different kinds of concerns that parents might go through they might have fears uh, regarding um, fears and concerns regarding the gay child uh, themselves or uh, maybe fear of losing their uh, child because of uh, the level of acceptance that they have themselves so uh, i'd like to just understand what are the different kinds of concerns that parents might go through through this period well uh, i think one of the most predominant concerns is definitely that of uh, uh, acceptance in the sense that they have been taught that this is not normal they have been not taught but they've been parents have been socialized into thinking that this is not normal right that whatever is happening whatever the child is claiming that they are it's um, it's something which is not okay right uh, they have been socialized to believe that heterosexuality for example is normal and pure right now our belief about what is normal and good and appropriate comes from our society right some parents might not be willing to see how uh, you know say homosexuality for example that is you know it 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 does not fit into the idea of marriage and family it's not something that the society accepts so that i think the social stigma part of it is one of the biggest concerns and the acceptance part which means that does that mean that my child will never be able to have a normal what they call as normal you know family life normal you know giving birth to children you know the 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 heteronormative kind of a world view that the parents have right the parents would be concerned that my child will not be able to have all of that and you know they would they would typically associate all their wishes and desires of having that heteronormative kind of a family for their children they feel that that's the only way to be happy or lead a good healthy normal life so i think a whole lot of the fears and concerns are about that being perceived by society as not normal and not pure and not 
okay not conforming to what the society deems as normal and good and appropriate and of course the acceptance that you know even if it's okay with me it won't be okay to others and how will you move about in society the parents concern could also be about you know you will be ostracized by others you will be made fun of you will be bullied by others right so those are very very legit concerns that parents have okay all right so <clears throat> when we uh, talk about this uh, whole topic right something that i am extremely uh, interested about is how it translates into the indian context and um, just talking about india itself we do have a very varied range of socio demographic characteristics right so how do you think these reactions that we've been talking about up until now um, that is reactions to coming out actually varies by socio demographic characteristics um like maybe urban versus rural areas and things like that well um, unfortunately we don't have much research to uh, you know to believe that it's probably better in urban areas i would love to believe that it is but unfortunately we don't have any research that corroborates that claim we don't have much research at all on the queer group in india to even believe that it's uh, perhaps uh you know the coming out process and the parental reactions are better in upper socioeconomic strata or better in urban areas or better amongst more educated parents unfortunately we don't have any data uh my assumption and this is totally my assumption based on the work that i've done with families my assumption would be it doesn't matter because when you are when you are socialized in a particular way uh Oh, the only thing that matters is how aware you are and how open-minded you are. And no amount of education, no amount of money, no amount of uh, degrees can, you know, can really alter your worldview in that sense. It takes a lot for a person to be open-minded. Uh, it takes a lot for a person, and and money and education. Unfortunately, they should ideally education, especially, should ideally be helping you in making <laughs> you an open-minded person. But unfortunately. it does not so i would assume that it does not really differ according to socio demographic characteristics according to me the only differentiating point would be your level of awareness okay i think that was very insightful and i definitely agree with you that you know one of the key factors here that we need to be focusing on is parental awareness about uh, the queer community and and so on uh but moving forward with our discussion uh ma'am could you tell us a little bit about the implications for the mental health and well-being of parents when their children come out as belonging to the queer community parents whose children come out as queer it's 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 a big event or we can say it's a big journey for them uh it can be you know it it can have a whole lot of mixed emotions it can it can also adversely impact their mental health so you can you know feel sad about you know uh, you the, the the current situation the future you can you can you can feel completely alone and isolated you can feel ashamed you can feel unsupported you may experience guilt uh you know you may feel that oh i want to support my child but i'm not able to so you may even feel guilt for that uh you may oscillate between hope and hopelessness and that is typically what we call as ambiguous loss because ambiguous loss is the grief that somebody experiences when they lose a loved one who's still alive right because there has been a change uh 
or the, of the relationship or there's been an end to the relationship so ambiguous loss is typically something in which you would oscillate between hope and hopelessness because there is hope that things will get back to what they were but there's hopelessness that you know which comes in from actually acceptance that you know what no this is this is what what it is and i am the one who has to accept this and of course a lot of parents uh, who are you know still coming around to accepting and understanding what their children are telling them they may experience symptoms of anxiety and depression and so yes it adversely affects uh, their mental health it can adversely affect their view of the world for in some cases where the parents are very religious it can adversely affect the way they you know make sense of this within the context of their religion yeah i think that really comprehensively uh, covered the extent and the range of mental health effects that the child coming out can have on the parents along similar lines uh, there's this research on the parents of trans individuals by coolhart and colleagues that was published in 2018 which uh, suggested that the experience of ambiguous loss which you were also talking about so can you maybe tell us a little bit more about what ambiguous loss is and why parents experience this and how do these feelings actually manifest in that individual's relationship with their child yeah so um, as i mentioned ambiguous loss is actually quite common not just in trans uh, parents of trans children coming out as trans but also uh, in general uh, parents of children coming out as queer uh, and that is the 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 ambiguous loss basically refers to the grief that the parent feels because uh, you know even though the their loved one their child is still in front of them but they perceive it as a loss right and because there is such a major shift happening in your relationship with your child it's just not the same anymore you feel that you've lost the child who you thought were a particular way that was once were you've lost all that dreams that you had for the child you've lost the kind of a life that you imagine your child would be having so that is definitely accompanied by a whole lot of sadness and maybe even guilt maybe even anger and a whole lot of um you know as i said oscillating between hope and hopelessness and it is also something that is you know uh, accompanied by anxiety and depressive symptoms ambiguous loss can actually manifest in behaviors which can seem completely contrary on one hand you can you know be loving towards your child and say that you know what i'm here to support you and on the other hand you can be overcome by anger and uh, again that sense of loss and you know be be angry at your child or or at yourself or at the world in general so when you see that uh, you know and and this is very almost traumatizing for the child right because one hand your parent is telling you that you know what i'm i'm here to you i'm here to support you and on the other hand the parent is also saying that you know what you have spoiled my life i can never love you you are not the same to me so there's a lot of oscillating back and forth there's a lot of uh, almost contradictions in their behavior and this can be extremely distressing to both the parent and the child okay and uh, another uh, related concept that i really interested interested to know about is whether all of these mental health implications that we were talking about including the uh, the experience of ambiguous loss does all of that vary based on what exactly the sexual orientation and gender identity of the child is 
I would love to answer that question from within the paradigm of research. But unfortunately, in the Indian context, there is just not enough research that will tell us within these different groups, you know, uh, whether the parental reactions differ, whether the 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 ambiguous loss, the experience differs. Unfortunately, there's not enough research to corroborate that. And honestly, I don't want to take any guesses because just out of respect to the different groups within the LGBTQIA plus community, I, I don't know, I don't want to sort of minimize, you know, somebody's uh, feeling, somebody's experience, somebody's journey, somebody's trauma. So I, I honestly don't know the answer to that question. But if there is ever research done on that, I would love to read it. Okay, all right. Uh, in fact, I think the very important part when we acknowledge the lack of research in these areas, that in itself is extremely important, right? I think it throws a lot of light on next steps and what we can do in the field or in the area in the future absolutely yes i agree i think there needs to be so much more research in this area there's just such a big dearth of uh, you know uh, evidence that we have scientific evidence and a whole lot of research in this area is also qualitative which uh, which does not help us answer the kind of questions that you're asking you know parental reactions by groups and so we just don't have enough data so something else that I'd like to delve into in the few, in the next question is a little related to how we discussed how socio-demographic factors can also play a role, right? So um, can you tell me a little bit about religion? So religion actually plays a key role in how queer individuals understand their own identities, right? And this was also reported by a 2019 study by uh, Coburn and colleagues. They basically delved into um, the lived experiences of uh, queer uh, Christian queer women. But in a country like India, we have enormous religious diversity. So how do you think strong religious beliefs and values impact parents of queer individuals and their perception of their children's identities? I think the first way in which it impacts parents is uh, they are just not able to uh, understand how to make sense of their child's identity within the ambit of their religion like a lot of parents who are strongly religious and hold those you know values it's very difficult for them to navigate um, you know it's it says that you know you know they might al almost like say that you know my my god doesn't accept this so where do i go from here so it creates a whole lot of distress and you know, uh, feelings of, uh, you know, that dissonance within them, that this is not something that I can make sense of uh, within, uh, you know, being the being, being a believer that I am. So yeah, it, it can be it can really impact um, parents of, uh, you know, children coming out as queer. Um, but I would also like to say that, you know, if we take a step back, you know, you're talking about there's so much of diversity uh, in religions in India. And uh, I think it can be really helpful for parents to examine how in, in my religion, just like in others, you know, there are teachings about respect. There are teachings about dignity. There are teachings about universal love and about the fact that all creations are not by this. Uh, all creations, you know, uh, are by the same God. They're all equal. Right. So how is it that some creations are OK and some are not? You know, so from an emotive lens, if you're able to sort of uh, question that, it can be really helpful for parents to sort of navigate uh, this tough question about, you know, what do I do about, you know, my religious beliefs? I don't want to give up believing that 
you know like for example there was this uh, there was this devout catholic mother that you know uh, i know of uh, whose experience i'm i'm talking about her experience in a in a uh, support group for parents of queer children and she said that you know while i love my daughter who told me she's a lesbian my biggest difficulty was that my god doesn't accept this and she actually took this to her priest who told her who your daughter is is between her and her god it's not for you to worry about you have your faith and you have nothing to do with your daughter's sexuality so you don't have to worry about whether jesus accepts her or not that's between them so in in the in that group she explained how this response actually helped her resolve her difficulty because then she was reassured that her relationship with her god didn't have to change and she could continue to pray for her daughter's happiness so yes religion plays a very important role but there are ways in which you can assimilate it uh, you know this this understanding this new understanding of your child's uh, identity uh, while staying within you know the the boundaries of your religion I think that was really beautifully put ma'am I think it's um, uh, the very fact that you uh, mentioned the importance of acceptance within the framework of the faith or the belief of the parent I think that's uh, the important uh, area to target here right So something else that I'd like to also understand is you did cover it briefly in the previous response as well but can you please elaborate on it and let us know about what exactly parents can do to assimilate their children's identities into their own existing belief systems Religion actually doesn't ever teach us the wrong things it is the society so the first thing that parents can do is understand that it is not my religion who's making a villain of my child's gender or you know sexual identity it's it's the society that i have been born and brought up in it it's the belief that you know that it's the society that tells me that you know marriage is important and heteronormative uh, uh being heteronormative is important family is important uh, and a family not a not an unconventional family a conventional family you know through which children are born through uh you know the mother so all of this is uh all of this is basically what society teaches us society teaches that homosexuality for example is wrong and bad for a reason and if the parent is able to see that and a lot of morality and shame associated with you know homosexuality for example can drop right so so it's not the religion that's the villain it's it's the beliefs that a lot of us the homophobic beliefs that a lot of us have been socialized into religion is never a problem because I, as i mentioned you know if you basically go to the fundamental core of any religion it will teach you respect and tolerance and love and dignity it will never tell you that just because somebody is different they are supposed to be villains they are supposed to be bad they are supposed to be shunned and all creations are by the same god and all and that in itself means that all creations are okay right so uh, there definitely uh, definitely um, uh, we parents all of us we tend to internalize a lot of homo negativity because we are socialized in a heteronormative world we we tend to buy a lot into this stigma uh, we tend to buy into a whole lot of this prejudice right and so therefore if we can deal with it while staying within the ambit of our value system and our religion and question learn to question what society is trying to tell us
Yes, ma'am, definitely. And I really hope that, you know, those values spread far and wide and uh, a lot more people start thinking along the lines that you were just talking about. Uh, circling back to something that you had mentioned right at the top, right, about how when children initially come out to their parents, the parents' first reaction is shock, is what you had mentioned. What I want to understand now is after this initial reaction, what is the typical trajectory of the parent-child relationship and how does it evolve over time? Well, the trajectory looks different in different cases. It totally depends on uh, how readily the parent is able to, um, you know, accept their child, how much they are uh, versus how much they are still circling in those cycles of uh, blame and anger. Uh, it's It's actually very strange that in a way fortunate, in a way unfortunate, that uh, the parents' uh, reaction and the parents' journey of acceptance also depends on other factors. For example, uh, you know, I think uh, it makes a difference if you belong to an urban, um, uh, you know, upper middle class family because then you don't have other problems like poverty or crime in your neighborhood to deal with right it also makes a difference if you are uh, you know if your child is sort of in a well-settled job and earning independently they're financially independent because then you know you're and so for example they're going abroad for studies or they're going abroad for work it doesn't it doesn't uh, affect you as much uh, because you're much more able to because there are other, there are not other things to worry about you know what I'm saying so it does make a difference uh, you know in the parents acceptance journey uh, to if there are other factors which are already sort of taken care of okay but it is still a journey and it this journey can look different for different parents uh, as i said you can oscillate between hope and hopelessness you can oscillate between uh, anger and blaming yourself and your spouse and even your child to sort of saying that you know what this is just something i need to accept but one thing that i would like to say here is that what greatly helps parents is when they are able to meet and interact with other parents who are in the same condition like the same uh, you know on the, on the, they're in the same uh, boat in the sense uh, the one thing that really helps parents of cure children is um, having a support group of other parents whose children have also come out to them it really helps because just listening to other parents uh, experiences their struggles uh, you know their traumas is so reassuring and you feel that you know what I'm not the only one it's it's really powerful so yeah it's a journey it's a it can be a long arduous journey for some it can be uh, the the struggles can be attenuated to an extent by other factors like other whether you have other worries other things to worry about but uh, forming uh, being a part of uh, support groups uh, with other parents of queer children really helps uh, you just mentioned that it's really, you know, support groups and hearing from the community really helps parents accept their children over time. But apart from uh, support from the community, I wanted to ask what uh, role do the reactions and support from extended family and friends have on the reactions of parents and their relationship with their child? What do you think, ma'am? Yeah, no, it definitely influences the parents' own reaction, right? It's if the extended uh, family 
uh, is unsupportive largely judgmental largely you know uh, <laughs> it's difficult of course it's difficult to hold your own fort it's very very difficult for a parent to say you know what i don't really care about what you're saying i i am in complete support of my child and i give two hoots about what my extended family has to say about this it it requires a lot of courage and self conviction uh for you to be able to say that so i think what perhaps add adds to the trauma is when the parents get together with the extended family and they're all like you know <laughs> blaming the child and you know sort of suggesting all kinds of ridiculous measures to uh, quote unquote uh, correct or remedy the child right uh, so that obviously can be very traumatic for the child but uh, the extended family i think especially in the indian context plays a major role it it can totally help the parents navigate their journey towards acceptance or it can totally hinder that journey by adding to more stress and adding more to the judgment and and uh, you know those expressed emotions and criticism okay all right so now that we actually just spoke about how other individuals in the family in the parents environment can uh you know influence their uh, reaction or their mental health through this whole scenario something else that i'd like to also understand is what are the particular social and systemic challenges that are faced by parents of queer individuals well i think uh, the biggest question that uh, uh is about you know the the social and systemic challenges are the basically of course the stigma right and all the specific questions that are directed at the parents why is your child not getting married what is wrong with your child if they are in a you know live in relationship who are they living with why are they living with them you know navigating all of these questions is i think a very big challenge because it can really get to you you know people's critical voices can can really get to you so i think the 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 sheer stigma and the way people would uh, perhaps question uh you and your family and your because it's not an individual decision anymore right it's almost like you know ghar ki izzat it's in the indian context it's so much about it's not that your child is the black sheep it's like the dhabba on the entire family right it's it's like a blot uh seen as that unfortunately so uh, the parents are in a very uh, vulnerable state because they have to navigate all of these uh comments and criticism and i think that's the biggest challenge for them ki you know they may they may be able to make peace with their child's identity but to uh, you know navigate all of these questions and comments and criticism it it can get really 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 challenging absolutely i completely agree with everything that you mentioned and i think like throughout all of these questions we have been uh, constantly going back to the role of uh the social demographic factors right so even in this scenario in your opinion how do these challenges that you just mentioned vary by social demographic factors like caste or even socio economic class i really think that um, the, uh, caste and class definitely have a role to play in this for example i would imagine again there is paucity of research here so of course i'm coming only from a clinical lens in in terms of what i've seen and you know what i've uh, experienced in my clients um so this is not of course evidence based but uh, i've seen that it makes it more difficult if you belong to a lower caste because uh, you know uh, and it of course makes it more difficult if you belong to a lower class as well so all the you know problems that you might think 
uh, might happen in a lower caste or lower class would definitely uh, uh, you know expand your problems exponentially because you are much more likely to be in a position that you have to listen to what others are saying because you're so much more dependent perhaps on others say your extended family or the community or the society at large for so many things whereas when you belong to a higher class uh, upper class or higher caste uh, maybe that dependence on others will be much lesser because you're you know you're doing well only on your own and you don't really need others you know you're not really there's no interdependence as much as you know in lower caste and uh, lower class so i would assume that it would definitely make things much difficult for you if you unfortunately belong to a lower caste and lower class similarly like going along uh, very similar lines uh, do you also think that there is a difference in the stigma faced by mothers versus the fathers of queer children i don't know <laughs> again i don't think there is any research on this but um I would assume that since mothers are anyway judged for a whole lot of things in their parenting I would assume that it's the mothers who face more of the backlash I would assume that it's the mothers who have it more difficult in the sense that they are traditionally always looked upon as the one who's raised the child and inculcated values in the child so it's definitely the mothers who uh, you know fingers are pointed at when something goes wrong with the child uh, so I definitely think it's uh, the mothers have it tougher having said that I think I mean it's not easy for the fathers either but I think maybe for the mothers a tad worse Yes ma'am definitely and i think through the course of our discussion i think we're uncovering more and more areas that really require to be researched more uh, if not from a knowledge building perspective at least from a perspective where we know what interventions would be best suited for whom and so that we can provide those interventions to make people's lives better uh, so thanks for bringing that up as well uh, taking our conversation forward having spoken about all of these different uh, challenges that are faced by uh, parents of people who belong to the lgbtqia plus community what do you think are some strategies that these parents can uh, follow to effectively parent their children while also coping with their own difficulties what do you think ma'am i think the first thing that i think parents can do and this is going to be super effective is educate yourself really i mean just there are so many words and there are so many phrases and labels used about and within the lgbtqia community you could read up the issues the queer community faces you can read books uh, there's this amazing book mom dad i'm gay how families negotiate coming out by rich seven williams you can you can read books like that you can watch movies recently in, uh, of course bollywood has is very infamous for projecting the lgbtqi community in a very very incorrect light and derogatory light almost but recently of late there have been really amazing movies um which have been uh, which are being made on this issue for example aligarh there is i am there is my brother nikhil and last night i was watching of course i couldn't finish it i was watching a movie called badhai do so all of these movies uh, all of these books all of this reading will help sensitize the parents and they will facilitate clearer discussions with your child i mean sit with your child and talk to them that will help because it could help you empathize it could help you understand 
बी देयर फॉर योर चाइल्ड यू नो वेन योर चाइल्ड टॉक्स जस्ट लिसन विदाउट जम्पिंग इन टू करेक्ट विदाउट जम्पिंग इन टू टॉक लिसन विदाउट दोज ब्लाइंडर्स ऑफ सोसाइटी दैट यू नो वी ऑल पुट ऑन राइट ऑल द टाइम लिसन विदाउट जजमेंट जस्ट बी देयर फॉर योर चाइल्ड आस्क योर चाइल्ड हाउ मे आई सपोर्ट यू वट आर यू लुकिंग फॉर वो हाउ कैन आई हेल्प यू राइट सो आई थिंक ऑल ऑफ दिस विल डेफिनेटली एजुकेशन एंड अवेयरनेस Um, about the LGBTQI issues is super duper important, okay? And as I said, that please, it's very important that you connect with parents of other children who identify as being queer and form a support group, right? That's that's super important, and something that is very overlooked. See, the LGBTQI community, it is one community amongst many which has. which have a whole lot of mental health issues because you know their journey has been so tough they've been forced to live almost like a lie right you're living in and the in the guise of a, an identity which you don't identify with at all right so and this is for the parents look out for danger signs look out for signs that your child may require mental health support because there could be issues such as depression anxiety low self esteem suicidality help your child access professional help and you know if you need professional help please don't even think about accessing it because uh, think twice about accessing it because it's it's going to do you a whole lot of good so yeah parents can do a lot actually and all of this will help them understand better more accurately correctly and of course take care of their their child and their own mental health yes ma'am i think you brought up a lot of very important points uh, whether it's you know the education and awareness that parents require access to or even the whole uh, seeking of support both professionally and socially i think all of those are very important points and i really hope that more people are able to gain access to these uh, really important things when and they're faced with the situation where their child comes out to them um picking up from one thing that you mentioned about education and awareness right so there was a 2010 study by ben ari and uh, colleagues which reported that educating parents about homosexuality prior to the actual act of coming out actually ensures that the parents react less negatively so given that that's the case what do you think an individual who's planning to come out to their parents can actually do to educate them beforehand actually i completely agree uh, this research um, uh, the the findings of this research because uh, queer individuals do report that if they leave, uh, you know they leave uh, educative material lying around in their home for parents to discover and read uh, they actually it actually helps just having discussions with your parents in a very neutral and objective manner helping them see these movies like just show some movies to your parents give them some reading material it really helps in um, uh, you know uh, educating them and when you are educated and aware about an issue you you will not your reaction to that will be your response to that will be very different right there it's the re- response can still be negative right it does not mean that just because i am educated about something see education and awareness is one thing but if it's happening to me it is a completely different ball game altogether because emotions are involved right so educate and um, by giving them reading material books showing them movies all of that but still also sort of prepare yourself that the reaction can still be negative though hopefully not as negative 
Okay, all right. I think that was actually really interesting. I think that also gave us insight into some actionable steps that uh, individuals can take, right? I think something that I'd like to close this discussion with is uh, what exactly do you think are some psychological interventions that can be provided to parents and their queer children to facilitate a healthy relationship between them? I think the best psychological intervention is what I've been talking about are uh, support groups. Like while the option of one-on-one -on -one therapy should always be open because, you know, the parent or the child may have certain mental health issues. But I would still emphasize that the kind of healing uh, that you may actually end up receiving from a support group of parents with queer children is just unparalleled because just listening to those stories, just listening to other people's struggles and other people's journey of acceptance is immensely powerful. And then in these groups, you also learn things, right? You learn that, we, you know, you should not contribute to the stigma by using slangs like faggot or sissy or you should not share slurs. You should not share jokes based on sexual orientation. It is in these groups that you learn that, you know, you should not tell your child to wait because you know what you're young you don't know any better uh, or or hope that you know they will become heterosexual it all of this is unhelpful you learn this in in the in these groups you you learn that you know your fears your own fears like you know i think my child might might get aids if my child goes to a pride march they will be beaten up by the police you learn that all of this is just fear mongering it's not true <laughs> and and or if you if you if you say all of this if you believe all of this it could scare your child back into the closet so all of these group support groups are not just important for you to understand uh, what other uh, you know what other parents have gone through and take a cue from their own healing and acceptance journey but it also helps you get your facts right it educates you it takes you out from your homophobic beliefs that society has so nicely and carefully uh, you know socialized you into and you're not able to and then you don't end up putting the weight of your fears on your child okay and based on what you said i also had another uh, question i was wondering if you uh, what, what you think is the role of psychoeducation specifically and also family therapy in helping uh, families where the child has come out to the parents? What do you think, ma'am? Absolutely. Very, very super duper important. Psychoeducation is the starting point of it all, right? In psychoeducation, you are able to educate and create awareness about exactly what do these labels even mean? What is LGBTQIA? What, what is the meaning of an ally? What is 2S? What is pansexual? You know, these terms can, you know, can confuse people. They probably don't know the meaning of meanings of these terms. So psychoeducation is super important. Knowing what, even if your child is, say, bisexual or asexual or pansexual or whatever it is, right? It, it helps for you to understand what they're talking about and it also helps you in understanding that it is not them they are you know it's they're not the only ones there's actually a term for it there are a lot of people who identify with that so that in itself can be very reassuring right the correct terminology the correct accurate education can be very reassuring that oh i'm not the only one or my child is not the only one so psychoeducation super important also included in psychoeducation is um, that this what you are experiencing is also normal it's okay to 
feel angry it's okay to feel shocked it's okay to deny it it's okay to want to change things because you know this is not the kind of life you imagined for your child so psychoeducation is super duper important and then you mentioned the role of family therapy family therapy is usually advised in cases where there are these unhealthy family dynamics so maybe the the mother is in support of the child and the father is you know there is this uh, they formed a triangulation and the father is being excluded and the father is say an authoritarian uh, chap who you know believes in the stick so you know in in these cases it can get really unhealthy the family dynamics so family therapy is super useful in cases where these some kind of these dynamics uh you know which need to be sorted out and what we usually see what comes out in uh family therapy is that you know maybe the couple needs to do more work because uh they need to sort out certain aspects of their own relationship before they are even able to offer acceptance to their child so family therapy is recommended but not in all cases uh i would again emphasize more important is of course psychoeducation and also joining of support groups and one on one therapy family therapy is uh, not really recommended for uh, you know all the cases across the board okay all right so i think that brings us to the end of today's discussion thank you so much for your inputs ma'am it was extremely insightful for me personally and thanks so much for joining us today thanks shweta really honored to be invited This article for the research snapshot is titled Effects of Family Demographics and the Passage of Time on Parents' Difficulty with Their Lesbian, Gay or Bisexual Youth Sexual Orientation. The paper was written by Hubner, Roche and Reith and was published in 2019 in the journal Archives of Sexual Behavior. The aim of the study was to examine how family demographic characteristics and the passage of time were related to parent difficulty with having a child who belongs to uh, the lesbian gay or bisexual sexual minority and the the hope with which study was conducted was to identify families that are most in need of an intervention so uh, yeah so let's jump right into what the researchers did as a part of the study So the data for the study actually comes from a larger evaluation of a film-based resource that was designed to support parents of LGB youth through the uh, process of learning that they actually have a child who belongs to a sexual minority. Uh the study was conducted in the US. So this website and the resource that was uh designed and developed was all done in the US and uh, so are the participants. So the study was conducted on all of the parents who visited this website uh, where the film based resource was put up and there were 1195 parents who participated in the study the primary dependent variable for the study was a single face valid item which asked how hard is it for you knowing that your son or daughter is gay lesbian or bisexual uh i'll just explain what i meant by primary dependent variable for the study So usually in studies like this you know there are um, extensive questionnaires to measure different variables at least those are the kind of studies that we usually talk about in our research snapshot but here there were no long questionnaires or big inventories that were filled out it was just the answer to this one question how hard is it for you knowing that your son or daughter is gay lesbian or bisexual 
uh, apart from that, the variables that were included in the analysis were the demographic characteristics of the parents and the child, the duration of time that the person has known about their child's sexual orientation. And that's about it. So what did the researchers find through the course of the study? Um, I'll tell you guys a few key highlights that I think were very, very telling. Uh, so one, the, one of the primary findings was that among the sample of diverse parents from across the US, the degree of difficulty in handling the news of a child's sexual orientation was difficult for all parents across the board. And the second important finding was that the degree of difficulty is greater for people whose children are older and also for African-American and Latino parents. So when it comes to uh, the difficulty associated with older children, the authors ascribed that to essentially having known your child for a longer time and also having known that uh, your child is a certain way for a long time and having envisioned your future with your child based on whatever identity that you thought your child held. So that's probably why uh, it's more difficult when older children come out. And uh, about the African-American and Latino parents having a greater difficulty, that can be chalked down to cultural values and cultural differences. And another interesting finding was that fathers and mothers reported similar levels of difficulty as did parents of boys and girls. So gender didn't really have a role to play in the reactions of uh, parents, either their own gender or the gender of the child who was coming out to them. So setting aside all of these findings, another very, very important and I think the key highlight finding of the study was that parents who had more time to adjust to the knowledge of their child's sexual orientation appeared to have less difficulty with their child's sexuality. So essentially, the longer the parent had known about their child's sexual orientation, the lesser difficulty they ex experienced. So over time, parents gradually adjust to the news that they actually have a child who belongs to a sexual minority. And uh, according to the authors, this is consistent with the qualitative literature, which shows that families do adapt and do become more accepting as time passes. However, it is important to note that parents who had known for just two months and parents who had known for as long as two years all reported that on average having an LGB child was somewhere between moderately and very hard for them. Only after two years did average values drop to a point between moderately and a little bit hard. And only after five or more years did they drop just below a little bit hard. So I think what, the, what, what I'm trying to say here is that this is an indicator that finding out that your child belongs to the LGBTQIA plus community is a really difficult experience for parents for a very, very significant amount of time. I mean, two years is a really long time and parents experience the same difficulty throughout this time. So yeah, that was, that was the study and those were the key findings. What do you think about it, Shweta? Yeah, so I think that was actually a very, very interesting study. I think like, uh, you know, something that really struck me was the last point that you brought up about how parents do gradually adjust 
to their child's sexual orientation right i mean like on one hand we do personally know about a lot of um, individuals within the lgbtqi plus community who might have to um, you know who might have to deal with very toxic family environments and as unfortunate as that is i think um, it's pretty hopeful that we do have data that goes by the fact that parents do adjust even if it's in the course of like five or more years but at the same time i think I feel like I mentioned this for almost everything we talk about at the narratives but this is at the end of the day a non-indian context and I think a lot of factors would come into play into influencing this number right 5 years or more I think uh, within the indian context there would be so many other things that could very strongly influence the adjustment levels of the parent so yeah I think that was my biggest takeaway from this research snapshot and I think it was pretty in, uh, sim- like it was a pretty simple study to understand according to the methodology and also by the way that you explained it explained it as well so yeah this was a great um, uh, it was a great uh, study to hear about yeah thanks for that and uh, you know another thing that i think i'd like to mention before we close today's research snapshot is that uh, you know when i was doing my search for the research snapshot i was i mean shocked at how few studies there are that actually explore the parents mental health after a child comes out to them so uh, you know most studies just focus on the child's mental health or the family dynamic as a whole but very very few studies that actually look at the parents mental health and how they cope and how they deal with and accept their children over time the authors of this article themselves acknowledged that there is quote remarkably little systematic research that is focused on these parents experiences end quote and they suggested that one of the potential causes for this could be the challenge of recruiting parents of lgbt youth in research studies um i mean i'm not sure if not i mean having a challenging uh, sample recruitment is excuse enough to not have any literature that focuses on this population but in any case the research on this topic has primarily been qualitative and explores the parents reactions and processes around their child's sexual orientation but no large scale uh, quali- quantitative studies in fact in this paper the authors identified only five quantitative studies that utilize samples of parents of lgbt youth to examine any aspects of parents experiences not just the mental health any aspects so yeah that was that was i mean a very uh, the, the very sad reality of research on this topic and shweta like you mentioned cultural factors are really important when it comes to the kind of phenomenon that we're talking about uh, in today's episode and i think even it's even more important that research is done in the indian context as well on parents of children who belong to the lgbtqia plus community and apart from that i think there is also already a lot of literature that indicates that parental reactions and acceptance is crucial to the immediate and the long term mental health of children who come out as belonging to a sexual minority right but if parents are going through such a difficult time too then there needs to be ways of early identification and interventions for parents as well so i think through the course of this snapshot as well right we we learned about how parents have a certain mental health impact um, the whole experience of uh, you know uh, coming out can have a certain mental health impact on the parent and the parents mental health and their levels of acceptance can further affect the child so it's very obvious that this is a vicious cycle and in order to break away from it i think 
uh, it's really important to also focus on the other element of this uh, of this cycle as well in order to ensure that individuals from uh, the lgbtqia plus community are actually provided with a safe space to um, yeah come out and to live their reality right yeah definitely and i really hope that research can contribute to that that hope where people are able to come out and live their reality with the full acceptance and support of their parents So in this uh, special segment of today's podcast we are going to be looking at lived experiences to better uh, understand the topic that we've been discussing throughout the rest of the episode and uh, to do just that we're joined by uh, Ms Sabrina uh, yeah ma'am can you please introduce yourself for us and for the audience before we go ahead uh, and have a conversation with you hi everybody my name is Sabrina and i am the proud mother of a gay son standing strong for my son's development in a sometimes like hostile world helped me to be more accepting of myself more authentic more open minded about the different perspectives and i developed a stronger connection with others which possibly before his coming out were hidden in the closet it led me to into advocating for the lgbtqi community and now to that end i am a volunteer with two charities one with sweeker which is in india and the other is with naz and mat foundation in uk and being involved in that cause which i strongly believe is right has given me added purpose and meaning to my life it has enlarged me and empowered me as a person Okay uh thanks so much for that introduction ma'am we're really looking forward to having this conversation with you today i think um something that i'd like to open with is you know as a parent of a queer child when and how do you think your journey towards acceptance began you see from a young child shervin gave us plenty of clues to understand him he was very sensitive he's a he was a person who liked beautiful things And one of the first things I noticed is when he asked Santa to give him a Barbie doll. My ex bought him something that was very boyish, and I remember seeing his face fall, you know, that Christmas, and I was very, very hurt about it. So I took time out to talk to him at length, and I came to realize that yes, he was indeed very serious about having a Barbie doll. So I didn't wait for another Christmas to come. in that instance i bought him uh i bought him a barbie doll and to his delight you know i mean i can't even describe that moment it was a sight to behold he spent so many happy hours combing the doll's hair wrapping pieces of cloth around its body and so you know i went ahead and bought him barbie doll clothes too he always indicated he wanted to be in the world of fashion and i saw this you know sometimes he would wear my shoes get into my clothes from a baby shervin had always been very close to me and he knew that we had a connection so strong that i would not judge him that i would you know if i didn't understand in that moment i would try to i would do something about it 
it was really wholesome to you know listen to uh, what you mentioned and how exactly you um, got around to picking the signs and then moving on to acceptance uh something else that i'd also like to know is how exactly did you educate yourself about your son's sexuality and what steps do you think you took that you know brought you closer to acceptance you know i was working in ranbaxy at the time that's a medical pharma company and uh, you know how it is girls come into office they discuss their favorite topic their children so since they were all qualified doctors from time to time I would seek their assistance in understanding my children, and uh, they enlightened me when I spoke about the difference between Sherwin and my other two sons. They made me understand, you know, how sexual orientation varies. They gave me several coping mechanisms, and one of them was this. My friends recommended seeing movies together with my boys. They were very little at that time. So between the movies even after the movies we used to have discussions about you know uh, how the how somebody was ill treated was it a good thing what could have actually been done how it could have been different and this led my boys to be very compassionate and understanding of other people's circumstances so over the years growing up i think as a family we all understood our differences it's just that we didn't sit around and judge we just knew we loved each other and accepted each other for who we were that's really wonderful to hear uh but uh, since your son actually went ahead with coming out to you uh what was that experience like for you and uh, how did your relationship with your son evolve after that experience you know the thing is as i said before shobhan gave us signals so we also learned over time you know what was this you know uh we 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 learned to adjust and to understand and nothing actually changed in fact you know when he used to face any difficulties on the outside it helped us come together very very uh you know literally like mercury we stuck by one another nothing actually changed we just got strong Okay uh that was really nice to hear once again and I'm really glad that um, you know you brought up how um, this whole experience brought you all closer and just made your already strong bond a lot more stronger um you had mentioned through uh, the previous uh, question answer as well right that uh, you did get a lot of support from your colleagues and your uh, friends and all of that so something that i'd also like to delve into is do you think social support has had an impact on your journey towards awareness and acceptance and if you think it has how so yes you're right i said before my friends who were doctors and ran backsy helped me a lot in my journey towards awareness but most of all you know going through the experiences of my sons coming out it helped me learn and grow more than i could have ever imagined you know After Sherwin came out to me he took my family and me to the first pride march that was held in Gurgaon and actually it was there that I experienced firsthand what it was like not to be safe on account of just being the person you were born to be stories of having to face stigma and death threats in their own homes and outside as well it opened my eyes to the world of sexual minorities as a family it bonded us strengthened us 
taught us how to cope better, stand up for each other. It increased my emotional sensitivity and attentiveness to personal values. You know, one more thing I'd like to add is that um, it was a very proud moment for me one day when Sherwin told me, he said, you know, mom, nobody tries to make fun of me, mock me or anything because people know that you and the family stand strong behind me. So they don't even dare try. You know, uh, that really brought tears to my eyes. I'm so glad that you were able to be, you know, the rock that your son needed throughout all of his uh, experiences. And it's so inspirational to hear that. And on that note, bringing our conversation to a close, if you had one thing that you could say to other parents of queer children in India and around the world, what what would your uh, key message be? I think I would tell parents, you know, it takes a lot of courage for these children to come out. It takes a lot of trust. It takes everything in them to have this moment with you. So even if you don't understand it in that moment, just embrace your child. Embrace your child. Tell him how much you love him because nothing changed. He was your son a minute ago before he told you. He's still your son today, you know, after he's come out. Embrace him, let him know you love him. And over time, let him lead the way. Let him tell you, you know, let him educate you. He's your best teacher. That's honestly so wonderful uh, to hear. And I really hope that that message really echoes far and wide. And on that note, uh, we come to the end of this special segment of the of, of this episode. And once again, uh, Ms. Sabrina, thank you so much for taking your time out to be with us on the narratives today. It really means a lot to us. It means a lot to me too. And thank you so much for having me. Okay, so I think that was a very, very interesting and insightful episode, right? I think there were a lot of things to learn uh, throughout from each and every stage, be it through our conversation with Dr. Meghna, with Miss Sabrina, or even through the research that Preeti brought up. So I think one of the biggest takeaways for me personally has been the very realization that we don't have enough literature or systematic research on the on the topic right and I um, that was the realization that I got through each and every stage through research for this episode and even each and every conversation and I think it's really disappointing but I'm really hoping that you know conversations like this can really start or spark that interest in someone so yeah what was your biggest takeaway Preeti? I think uh, one of the things that really stood out for me were the sort of action points that were brought up by Dr. Meghna, right? Uh, as in like, what can queer people do and what can their parents do to better educate themselves and to be more accepting uh, while also maintaining their own mental health and well-being. So I think uh, one thing was definitely getting educated and being exposed to pop culture, uh, which really sort of sensitizes the person to the LGBTQIA plus community and makes them more aware. And also another thing that Dr. Meghna mentioned that I really think is very, very important is the role of support groups, uh, such as the uh, one called Sweetheart that uh, Ms. Sabrina belongs to, and even psychotherapy and psychoeducation when uh, queer people and their families require it. So all of this together, I think uh, we came out of this episode with a lot of things to take home and to actually 
implement in the lives of those around us and in our own lives as well so yeah yeah i completely agree with everything that you mentioned and i i'm really glad that we got very like we got actionable steps from this right i think that's one thing that we really look forward to at matra yeah definitely and with that we wrap up this episode of the narratives please do take note that all the research studies and other sources cited in today's episode including the study that we spoke about in the research snapshot can all be found in the show notes below while we hit the books to prep for the next episode you can make sure to stay tuned to all things matra by following us on all of our social media the links to which you will once again find in the show notes below we'll see you next time The Narratives is produced by Matra, an initiative launched under the 2021 cohort of the Fortis Young Mental Health Advocacy Program by Fortis Mental Health.